0: Let me out of the desert Brought me into his streams Rivers of living water You turned my bitter into sweet All my burdens were lifted He took the shackles of my feet and There's no sound louder than A captive set free So let the redeemed of the Lord Say so Sing of his promises evermore. So pour out your thankfulness, let it over. up in my soul there's a life worth living cause he calls me his own there's a hallelujah after sweet victory cause there's no sound louder than a captive set free yes there's no sound louder than a captive set free so let the redeemed of the Lord, say so. Sing of His promises, ever His promises evermore. So pour out your thankfulness, let it over. sound louder than a captive set free there's no sound louder than a captive set free there's no sound louder than a captive set free and there's no sound louder than
1: In desperation, the songs of faith. the heroes of the faith with one voice a thousand generations i mm-hmm.
2: Merry Christmas. I know Christmas was yesterday, but still, Merry Christmas. My name's Jake. I'm one of the pastors on the team here. I pray that you are enjoying time with your family and friends this weekend. Today, everybody is online on our online campus, so thank you for jumping in with us from your house or wherever you're at. Matthew chapter 1, if you have your Bible, I want to tell you a story I'm sure you've got a lot of Christmas stories, uh, stories of Christmas when you were a kid and you finally got that Red Rider BB gun or bicycle or whatever, stories of Christmas with your own kids. The looks on their faces, the voices at the crack of dawn, it's Christmas, daddy, wake up, it's 4 a.m., go back to bed. And if you're like me, when it comes to Christmas, you've got a plan. I feel like there are really only two ways to do Christmas, right? Christmas presents. You either buy them in August or you buy them on Christmas Eve. Those are your only options. You're a planner or you're just not. Usually moms try to plan it out and dad's not so much. But you've got stories of when Christmases probably went exactly according to plan. But you also have stories of Christmases that didn't. Some of those are funny like food getting messed up, Trees falling down, hilarious gifts, kids saying ridiculous things. But maybe you have stories of Christmases where you had to face something difficult, something you didn't plan for. Sickness, the loss of a job, relational issues. You know, this Christmas is kind of like that for me. Maybe you have stories of last Christmases, last Christmas with dad or mom, last Christmas all together before the divorce. Or the day of, you had this plan, how it would go, but it, man, it just fell apart. You didn't plan to say what you said, do what you did. You didn't plan to pick up, like, the fake Christmas tree and toss it through the window. You didn't plan for that to happen, but it just it just happened. When our plans are interrupted, when things don't go according to our plan, it stretches us. But that's the best case scenario, right? That it stretches us. Oftentimes, It derails us, sends us into a spiral that destroys us. So many different Christmas stories represented in all of us who are tuning in today. But you've heard the Christmas story, right? The story of the first Christmas. A lot of times we tell it with these rose-colored glasses on. We act like it's all clean and cute and planned. Fluffy white sheep and clean, happy cows next to Jesus in what looks like a wooden bassinet, comfy hay, smiling shepherds. Mary and Joseph looked like they just got out of the shower, right? It looks so planned. And I get that God had this plan for Jesus to come into the world. I get that it wasn't an accident, but I don't think Joseph and Mary had planned this, do you? I mean, I think from their perspective, this is the most epic of unplanned Christmas stories, don't you? I want to tell you the story you've heard a hundred times, but I want to point out what wasn't recorded but likely happened between the verses, okay? So this is a story about a teenage girl named Mary and her boyfriend, Joey. Now, Mary's a good girl, always going to youth group at the local synagogue, doing the right thing. She's not out doing what the other girls are doing, and one time she notices this guy at youth group, a couple of years older than her, Joey. He's cute, funny, handsome even, passionate, passionate. I mean, he, he could be with like the other guys out like she knows on the strip, donkey drag racing, but he's not, all right? He's here trying to know Yahweh more. Mary can just see it on his face. He really believes the Messiah will come and he can't wait. He's getting ready for it. So Mary kind of watches Joey from a distance for a while. Then when he's 19, he starts to close that distance and he's as great as she thought he was. And what's more, he's got a job. Like he's a carpenter. The last guy that was interested in Mary was addicted to playing dreidel with his friends, unemployed kids these days. Joey's different. So she agrees to go to coffee with him. There's not much in the way of coffee in Nazareth, so they go to the only diner in town. At least they have the best pie in Israel, right? And it goes great. Joey is so awesome. He's mature, too. He didn't even order coffee. He ordered tea. I mean, he's sophisticated, this guy, and he paid. Fast forward a little bit. Mary and Joey are in love. The little diner in Nazareth has become their special place. Joey buys her flowers all the time, he makes her little gifts out of wood at a shop to express his love for her. Their parents are approving of their match. Finally, Joey pops the question. Mary kind of hesitates, bites her lip just to make him sweat. But she says yes, they're gonna be married. Both of them are so happy, it's the talk of the town. They're a perfect couple. And they plan to remain pure, too. Some other couples don't. That's up to them. Joey and Mary agree that they should honor Yahweh by remaining pure throughout their two-year engagement. The local youth rabbi at the synagogue gives them accountability and premarital counseling, support, all of that. They have all these plans. They'll stay in Nazareth, near family, of course. They'll have a family of their own one day, one boy, one girl. They'll build a house. Shouldn't be that difficult for Joey and his family. So they take Rabbi Dave Ramsey's class as soon as it's offered at the synagogue. Financial Shalom University. <laughs> They're trying to plan. Mary will stay home with the kids. Joey will build the, the business and take over for his father. Maybe, maybe open up his shop, his own shop sooner than that. These are their plans. And then one day... Mary's minding her own business. Joey's at work. She's daydreaming, going about her day, when all of a sudden, there's this bright light and an angel is standing in front of her. What an interruption. And he greets her in the strangest way. Greetings to you, O favored one. The Lord is with you. Mary immediately kind of backs away in fear, but the angel says, don't be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. And he tells her that she'll have a son and she should call him Jesus, and that he'll be the Son of God, and that he'll rule Israel forever. Mary's heard words like this from the scrolls of the prophets read in the synagogue, prophecies about the Messiah who is to come. It's all very confusing. But one thing is' not confusing to Mary. she's never been with a man. So she asked the angel, "How can I be pregnant? I mean, I'm a virgin. His answer is hard to understand. The Holy Spirit, he says, will make you pregnant because her son, your son, Mary, will be the son of God. This, this isn't what she was planning, but Mary answers in the way she figures everybody visited by an angel should answer. Okay, I'm, I'm the servant of the Lord. When the angel leaves, Mary just sits down on the ground in shock, thinking about what just happened. Could it be true? She waits a few weeks, finds that she's pregnant. When there's no doubt, it hits her, and she says out loud, I need to tell Joey. As she runs to his shop, she's thinking about the angel, the Messiah, to be the whole thing. Joey's gonna be so excited, right? Look at Matthew 1. I'll read verses 18 and 19, but so much happens between them, between verse 18 and verse 19. Everything hits the fan. Matthew 1, 18 Now, the birth of Jesus took place, Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. That's verse 18. Verse 19. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. So between 18 and 19, what happens? Mary breaks the news to Joey, right? That's what happens between these verses, imagine that. She runs up to the shop, out of breath, Joey says, hey babe, how's it going? Everything okay? Like I didn't know you were coming by today. Mary goes, oh Joey, you won't believe what happened a few weeks ago, an angel visited me, an angel Joey. It was crazy, he called me favored one and he said our son would be the Messiah and I'm pregnant. I'm pregnant. The Holy Spirit did it. Now, I imagine that hit old Joey like a ton of bricks, don't you? I mean, he's devastated, embarrassed. Mary's lost her mind. He's thinking, this is not what I had planned. They already made a non-refundable deposit on the Olive Tree Chapel. I mean, the wedding is soon. Invitations have gone out. What will they tell his family, his friends? But the worst part is not that. It's the personal betrayal. She was unfaithful. How could she? He loved her. He planned to spend his life with her. He thought she loved him too. Obviously not. And it wasn't like they were Gentiles. I mean, when Jewish people got engaged, it was a big deal. To break it off was just like divorce. Imagine Mary seeing the look of pain and disappointment in Joey's eyes as he backs away. She reaches for him, but he turns and leaves. I gotta go think. The next day he tells her his plan. He'll divorce, divorce her quietly so she's not punished, but they can't get married. She was unfaithful. Mary pleads with him, but Joey, I didn't do anything wrong. I promise. God did this. I wasn't unfaithful. Joey just can't believe it. Yeah, right, Mary. Just tell me the truth. Mary's all of a sudden all alone, pregnant, embarrassed, hurt, confused, all alone. This isn't what she had planned. God, I said yes to you. Now Joey hates me. Everyone's talking. Rumors are flying. My parents think I'm a horrible person. This is not what I had planned. That's exactly where some of you are right now. You've got these good plans, but it's just not working out. You plan to have a family by now, but it hasn't happened. You planned a great Christmas, but your car broke down. You lost your job. You had another fight. You raised your kids as best you could, but now they're rebelling in a big way as adults or teens. You didn't plan to be sick. You didn't plan to be broke. This isn't what I wanted. This is not what I had planned. I don't understand. But I don't have to understand. Listen, my plan doesn't always lead to God's purpose. And those are oftentimes not the same thing. In fact, many times they lead to in opposite directions. Joey and Mary had plans. They're wrecked. Mary's pregnant out of wedlock. Joseph is getting ready to divorce her hopes, dashed, plans trashed. But look at Matthew 1:20. Matthew one verse 20 says, "But as he, Joseph, considered these things, Behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife. For that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. I mean, Joey's got to be like, what? It's like some bad pizza last night? Or was that like a real angel visiting me in a dream? Man, she, he must be thinking she, she wasn't lying. But but this is such a mess. I mean, I imagine he prayed, God, this is such a mess, but, but you're doing something in the middle of it? This is your purpose, God? He'll save our people? You've got a purpose in this crazy unplanned mess I'm in? I and mean, I think God appears to Joseph and basically goes, I know this is messy, I know this isn't your plan. I know it doesn't feel good. I know you're heartbroken and everyone's mad, but my ways are higher than your ways. You have to trust my purpose over your plan. My purposes are different than your plans. I said earlier that my plan doesn't always lead to God's purpose, but here's the other thing I want you to understand, kind of, kind of an implication of that truth. When he interrupts, when I'm going like way over here, cruising along, got my great ideas and my plans, and God interrupts what I've got going on. I have to trust God's purpose over my plan. Divine interruptions. So what is your plan? Man, I'm like you. I've had some great plans in my life that didn't happen because they weren't God's purpose. I planned to be a doctor. I was pre-med. God interrupted that plan. My mom died, and I was drawn closer to Christ than ever before through that, and I was able to be there for my family, and that's what ultimately led me to go to Bible school. It wasn't my plan, it wasn't in my plan to go to China as a missionary for four years, but it was God's purpose. Aaron and I planned to wait to have kids, but Kennedy was born three months before we moved to China, God's purpose. When I got back from China, my plan was to go home to Texas, be a pastor. But God led us to pick up and move away from family again to lead a struggling turnaround church in the frozen tundra of Green Bay, Wisconsin. And it was awesome. We planned to get into foster care and did, but we didn't plan to adopt three more kids in addition to the three we already had, but God brought us three awesome little orphans named Xavier, Marie, and and Christian. Now it's hard to think of our family before they joined it. Thank God, he interrupted my plans. My plan doesn't always lead to God's purpose. In fact, think about this. God often interrupts my plan with his purpose. And beloved, even though it's hard to see in the moment, that's a very, very good thing. His ways are higher He knows better, and he's after your joy in the end. So what is your plan? Let's get back to our story. Joey wakes up from the dream, goes to Mary, makes things right, marries her. Imagine against the advice of his family and his friends, he trusts God's purpose over his plan. Then Mary has the baby, not in Nazareth, but because of an interruption in the form of a census, the baby is born in Bethlehem the town that the Messiah was prophesied to be born in. And it wasn't clean and fluffy, man. Joey blew it big time, all right? He forgot to make hotel reservations. So instead of a midwife by her side, Mary ended up with like a donkey by her side while she was giving birth. Joey and Mary wrap the baby in whatever they can find, probably the equivalent of Joey's undershirt. Joey lays him in the closest thing he has to a baby bed a trough for feeding animals. This was not according to Mary's birthing plan. I guarantee it. None of their plans are working out. But surely it's just a rocky start, right? In God's favor, it'll click into place. I mean, it's the Messiah. Surely it's going to be smooth sailing soon. Not, Not so much. Soon after Jesus is born, Herod hears about him and orders all baby boys to be killed. So Mary and Joey are on the run in Egypt with a newborn. This was not the plan. You know the rest. Their son, Jesus, would grow up poor. He would live a perfect life, serve people, heal people, teach the truth with compassion, authority, and love. But then he would get pretty extreme in his teachings. And at one point, Mary's outside the house he's staying in, banging on the door, trying to get him to come out because she thinks he's gone crazy. It's just all gone wrong. Then the girl who three decades earlier had said yes to God with such faith watches her son, stripped naked, tried unfairly, and beaten. She had to be thinking, this is not what I had planned. I said, yes, God, I did what you wanted me to do. This isn't the plan. Then she watches him die on the cross. Hears him pray, Father, forgive them. Into your hands I commit my spirit. What? She's confused. She doesn't understand. This wasn't the plan. But my plan doesn't always lead to God's purpose. So I have to trust in his purpose over my plan. Beloved, no one could have planned what happened at the first Christmas. No one planned for it to go this way. No one planned for the Savior to be born, only to die. No one planned for what happened next either. I mean, his closest followers, Mary, his mother, no one was waiting by the tomb for him to come out. But he did. And the resurrection is what changed everything. No one planned that. No one except God himself It was his purpose, his plan. So what is your plan? Listen, you can't plan your way out of your mess. The mess your heart is in, the mess your thinking is in, the mess your family is in. Whether you think it's your fault or not, you can't plan a way out of it. It won't work. We're all in a mess, and we can't plan our way out of it. It's our plans that got us here. In other words, you can't plan your own salvation. If you planned it, you'd just work harder to earn it, but you can't earn it because Jesus already did. You try to be good, but you can't be good. So Jesus was good for you. You try to make a sacrifice, right? But it won't work. Jesus was the sacrifice. Listen, on a cosmic level, the first Christmas is, is the story of our plans not working out, the plans of humanity, and God interrupting them with his purpose. You know what that purpose was? It was you. You were his greater greater purpose. That's what the Apostle Paul wrote in 1 Timothy. He said, the saying is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance, that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. Maybe your plans haven't happened like you want. You had this picture of what you were headed towards and it just hasn't happened. Maybe God has interrupted your plans with his purpose, but you're struggling to understand. And that's okay. You don't need to understand. You just need to trust. Maybe today, Is an interruption of sorts. You weren't planning it, but God has interrupted your life with His truth and He's drawing you to Himself. You've never trusted Him with your life, but you're being led to right now. Just pray. Tell God that. Then tell a family member or a friend. Will you trust God's purpose over your plan? Let's pray. Lord, thank you so much for your goodness and your mercy. Thank you, God for not only interrupting my personal plan in my own life, but for on a cosmic level, interrupting the plan of humanity that was leading us to destruction. God, we thank you today for Jesus. Now I pray a blessing over those who are listening, over those who are watching. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May he turn his countenance towards you and give you his peace. It's in
3: Jesus' name that we pray, amen.